Hey there, welcome to Takeaway with Sam Okus, a podcast from Nations Restaurant News. I'm Sam Okus, and I am glad that you can join us for this show where we give you an all-access pass to the most influential decision makers in the restaurant industry. This week, I'm talking to Scott Lawton. He is the co-founder and CEO of full-service player Bar Taco, which dishes street tacos in a fun, fresh atmosphere inspired by beach vibes and which, like every other full-service brand in America, really experienced a whiplash-worthy evolution during the pandemic to a digital-forward experience that's completely changed how this brand will operate moving forward. Before I jump into that conversation with Scott, though, don't forget that you can also subscribe to Nation's Restaurant News' other podcast, Extra Serving, where our editorial team offers their opinions on hot-button issues of the day and shares interviews with a wide variety of food service leaders. That includes this upcoming episode this week in which Joanna Fantosi from our team talks to new PokeWorks CEO Steve Healy on how that brand is really carrying the torch for the Poke category and innovating within Fast Casual more broadly. Of course, you can also visit nrn.com for our complete content, which includes news, insights, research, and so much more. Finally, uh, another reminder about our upcoming in-person event, Create the Future of Food Service. We are hosting this one-of-a-kind event in Denver from October 4th through 6th, bringing together some of the most interesting and innovative minds in the food service industry to share their perspectives on what a post-pandemic restaurant can look like. Our roster of speakers includes executives from Brinker, Chipotle, Chick-fil-A, Focus Brands, Raising Cane's, P.F. Chang's, and many more. Even includes my guest on the show today, Scott Lawton. You are not gonna wanna miss this event. You will have direct access to these innovative leaders and you'll have an opportunity to build your network as you also learn what it means to operate a restaurant in this post-pandemic climate. Visit informaconnect.com slash create for more information and to register. That is informaconnect.com slash create. All right, I am excited now to share my interview with Bar Taco co-founder and CEO, Scott Lawton. And don't forget to stick around after this interview as I will share my four takeaways from the discussion, actionable insights that you can take with you on the go. All right, Scott Lawton, thank you so much for joining me today to talk about Bar Taco. Um, Scott, let's start with um, sort of gauging where you guys are at in pandemic recovery. Of course, considering we have another surge going on with the Delta variant, but by and large, it feels like this summer has been very optimistic, particularly for full service restaurant companies. Tell me where you guys are at in that recovery. Yeah, sure. Thanks, Sam. Um, we are doing pretty well. Uh, right now, we're doing around 100% of 2019. Um, so, you know, we're, we're measuring it to 2019 because 2020 was such a mess. Um, and yeah. we are right there. We have some stores that are 15, 20% over 2019 and um, a few that are a little bit under. Um, one of the things that was unique for us is we kept our bars closed through the entire pandemic. And so it really took us the entire month of June to hire 250 bartenders and train them. So that was a missing piece of our sales that uh, that we're now starting to see in July. Yeah, and and speaking of that, 
having gone through a year of incredibly difficult times and and a, just a variety of um, challenges and barriers to the full service on premise on premise dining experience coming out of it now what what are what's some of the new muscle you guys have developed i mean i imagine you guys have learned a lot about the bar taco business that you have emerged from the pandemic with um you know our new service model has really been uh sort of the new trick um Prior to the pandemic, Bar Taco was a casual restaurant where you would actually fill out an order card uh, on a like a golf cart. You'd put your order together like that. And through the pandemic, we actually converted to a digital model. Uh, and doing that, it sort of rearranged our entire labor model as well. Um, we have found that tables are turning quicker now um, because they're not having to wait for waiters. They're not having to wait to pay their check, things like that. It all just happens instantly on their phone. Uh, so we're actually seeing quicker table turns. We're seeing much higher volume in the dining rooms. So once we see our bar volume back to 100%, we expect to be significantly over 2019 in sales. Um, our it's really resonating with our customers. Uh, we're seeing a that the younger demographic, this, this makes a lot of sense to them as long as we can provide real hospitality. Yeah. So thinking about that word hospitality, um, I, I, I think about this a lot in the last year, which is how much the restaurant industry has been asked to, well, frontline workers have been asked to do so much, right? I mean, they, they've been asked to do increased sanitation measures. They've been asked to make sure everybody's wearing masks. They've been asked to be very patient with customers who have um, quite a bit of different expectations, I would say, during the pandemic. I want to hear from you what you feel like hospitality means now to Bar Taco? How do you guys feel like you have sort of evolved your approach to hospitality having gone through this very volatile time? To me, <clears throat> hospitality is still the same thing. Hospitality is taking care of people, making them feel welcome, giving them an escape, um, putting them first, and uh, giving them a real experience. It, the definition of hospitality has not changed. Uh, the way we get there has changed a little bit uh, with our new service model. Um, instead of having 25 or 30 waiters on the floor that are engaged with the customers and trying to show them um, the hospitality. We've, we've identified seven or eight service leaders that are now salaried employees. They're some of our best and most hospitable employees. And they have larger zones where they stay in those zones and make sure everybody's having a great time. Um, and by taking away the ordering process of taking a paper card and reading it to you and then going to a computer and typing it in and splitting up checks on the computer and printing out checks so you can run credit cards. By taking that out, we've been able to give these people a larger area uh, and they can still throw the party and make sure people are having fun. So, so really hospitality hasn't changed, just kind of how we're doing it has changed a little bit, uh, the method of getting there. And in some ways, I think it's actually better because we're picking our best seven or eight people, uh, the people who really can throw the party and putting them in these zones and and giving them empowering them to do so. Uh, it was a lot harder with 30 waiters and the constant churn of you know people coming in and out who work for you. We we've got now salary people who are fully engaged and excited to do this job every day. So that must help you guys with the labor situation that's going on right now. Everybody is struggling through the labor. Uh, I don't know if I'll call it a crisis, but certainly a huge challenge for the restaurant industry right now is fi finding good quality employees. Um, I, I imagine offering a salaried position probably really sets you apart. But tell me about how you guys are navigating that whole issue. Yeah, you know, um, we're hired up. Uh, we don't have a we don't have an issue with getting people right now. Uh, it took us a little while to get there, but we're we're there now. Um, 
through the new labor model, all of our hourlies make the same money. They pay, they, we pay them minimum wage, not tax tip wage, but minimum wage, including the kitchen to the front of the house. Um, then there is with the tip pool, with all the tip money that's split up and paid out evenly over the hours worked. So the average wage for one of our hourly employees is around $24 an hour. Um, dishwasher, same as the front of the house, we call them dragonflies. And they're sort of the floor attendants. They're making sure that food's getting run and tables are getting cleared and customers' needs are, are being attended to. Um, while the service leaders are out there kind of doing the hospitality thing and they're the salaried employees. So because we need less hourlies, we've been able to add more salaried employees and sort of create this position where they're really engaged in the customer experience and they are professionals who are really engaged in their job because this is a salaried position with benefits and vacation and all of those sort of things. A lot of that kind of comes back to the idea of culture, which, you know, I, I think the word culture was certainly a buzzword long before the pandemic. Um, but the pandemic offered this really interesting time period where it sort of felt like we, well, the companies that were preaching culture, we got a chance to see whether they were putting their money where their mouth was. And um, and, I, and I think there have been some real stark results for some of those companies that that did do that. And I think you've seen some companies who talked about culture, you know, it, it has not been going so great. And you sort of question where that culture is at. How would you define the bar taco culture? And, you know, specifically with this labor model, how, how has that all come to bear through the pandemic, but especially now as you kind of try to get those really great quality employees? Yeah, you know, we had to think a lot about who we were. We had to do a gut check through, um, through COVID as everybody did. And uh, I think through that time, we really, really dug in and figured out what a lot of our values were. Um, and one of the biggest values was our team and, and how can we take care of them? How can we keep them safe? Um, how can we pay them a living wage? How can we pay them, you know, enough money that they could live off of, uh, through, you know, and through this, we've discovered a way to do that. Um, we've discovered a way where the dishwasher comes in and is making $47,000 a year starting. Um, that's a real living wage. Um, the other thing is we, we really want to take care of customers. We know that that's what, that's what takes care of us. And we know that that's what we wake up every day to go do. So how can we create that vibe and that experience and take it to the next level. Um, we know that that's what pays the bills and that's what gets everybody's hourly pay where it needs to be. So so the vibe and the qual food quality and how we take care of the customers is, is what we live and breathe every single day because we know that's what gets us there. Um, with the new structure now, everybody, we can pay everybody equally um, and evenly. And um, we also want to be responsible members of our community. So how can we help? Uh, you know, what can we do in our neighborhood to help, whether it's feeding first responders during that time or getting engaged with various charities around where we work. Uh, giving back, I think, matters a lot. And I think it's been important to our team. Uh, it's kept us sane through all of this. And, uh, you know, yeah, we, we, we learned a lot about ourselves and we had to be really engaged to get there. I want to rewind a little bit to talking about the Bar Taco experience because you you did mention how um, Bar Taco has this great had this great process where you use the pencil to write on the 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 menu what you wanted to order um, and that you guys have digitized that. I, I, I'm curious, you know, of course, I totally understand why you did that, but that was such a, a quirk of Bar Tacos that I always enjoyed. You know, and and you guys are going for beach vibes and it had that 
whole beach vibe mentality. Um, so how do you evolve this brand considering what you've gone through? And I'm sure, and as you mentioned, the digitization process has really helped the business, but how do you protect those vibes you were trying to create? How do you protect the experience of Bar Taco without going too far, you know, the digital and, and all the, the bells and whistles that, you know, can help right. with efficiency? So it's become really important now since you don't feel abandoned with your phone at a table. Um, that's why these service leaders are really critical. Um, they're a mixture of, of a captain uh, in a restaurant, sort of that front service person, making sure you're having fun, and the kid at the Apple store. Uh, the kid at the Apple store is that, you know, they, they have amazing training at Apple. And you come in and they, they engage with you, they empathize with your issues, and at the end of the day, you walk out with your phone fixed and feeling better about Apple in general. Um, so that's what we're really trying to develop in our service leaders, that they are able to sort of walk people through this experience in a way that they're comfortable, they don't feel intimidated, they don't feel like they're being spoken down to, and that they're having fun. Um, I will point out, we still have the paper cards. Anybody who wants to use them is more than welcome to. We have not ditched that model of service. It's just sort of, uh, it's the second choice. Um, we are, we, when, when a service leader engages you the first time you sit down, they're going to find out if you've been there, been, been to Bartaco recently or not. Uh, if you have and you don't mind using your phone, that's fine. That's great. We'll just check on you and make sure you're happy. Um, if you haven't, that, that kind of puts you into the second bucket. We'll make sure that um, we walk you through it so you're not confused and, and, and you get through the experience. And, and uh, after that, people generally feel pretty comfortable. Um, and then the third one is if you have no interest in this and this is upsetting to you in any way and you don't like this, we will what we call pivot the paper. We'll give you the paper ticket and you can do it exactly the way you used to. Uh, we found about five to 10 percent people want to use the paper still. And that's fine. Uh, we don't have a problem with that. Um, so that's kind of how we've been handling it. And we're seeing more and more as we go that more and more customers are converting to the digital and they see sort of the convenience of not having to wait for the waiter and being able to walk out when they're done with their check and getting two margaritas at the tap of a button. Uh, they appreciate that. Yeah. You mentioned, especially how young people I think are, are probably driving your recovery and, and young, it's got a very fresh vibe bar taco. Um, my bar taco here in my hometown is uh, right next to a movie theater. And so it was totally the thing we did is, you know, date night bar taco, then the movie, which is not of course exclusive to young people, but um, I'm curious, you know, young people drove the digital change. And in the pandemic, it was so interesting because everybody sort of jumped into digital experiences because they were forced to. So restaurants started rolling out apps if they didn't have them. They started rolling out digital service if they didn't already have it. Full service brands, I think, were probably a little bit behind the curve because just their, their model wasn't necessitating that before. And, and now it did. So with this new opportunity where most customers are familiar with the digital tools. And to your point, it sounds like about 90% of your customers are very comfortable using those tools. How is, how is the Bar Taco approach to technology and digital tools changed for the future? Wh where are you guys want to take this now that maybe you wouldn't have taken it before the pandemic? Well, what this has opened up for us is just this massive amount of data that we're bringing in. Um, you know, we, we're able, you know, we're able to find out what our customers are buying, what they're, what they like, what they don't like. Uh, we're able to see ticket times and how fast food's coming out when people are leaving. Uh, we have an, a, a trove of data now. Um, so, you know, it, it just kind of blows my mind every time I start thinking about all the possibilities of what 
this means for us because typically in the full service restaurant industry, we, we don't have much data. Um, and, you know, a lot of different companies like um, Yelp and OpenTable own that data. They keep it so you can't really use it. Um, but through our partnership with OneDine and our partnership with Wisely, um, we have full access to this data. This is our data. We own it. Um, so, uh, you know, just from seeing who our best customers are, who are our top 20% of our customers who do 80% of our business, uh, what, you know, what psychodemographics do they fall in, under? And can we do a lookalike audience across the United States and find a heat map of where those type of people are elsewhere to find new locations? Um, there's so many things we can do with this data um, that are really, really useful. So I'm really excited about that and figuring out how we can really best serve our customer and also grow the brand well. Yeah, it really is incredible what we have learned about, I think, the, the all American consumers and what we were able to learn not only digitally, but then, you know, the consumer behavior piece of this has has affected how restaurants are changing their strategies for the future. And um, I was just talking to somebody recently about, you know, how we have back to school coming up pretty soon. And between back to school and people going back to work in the office, how much that will change people's routines and with people's routines changing that changes how they engage with restaurants and so i feel like the next couple of months are going to be pretty telling about where we're at in the recovery um as you guys look at the coming months um you know all uh, you know not considering the the delta surge which we can't predict where that's going to go i mean do you feel like there's some sense of normal or have we is there even a normal existing after this right because i as you're back to capacity you're back to full business you're back to people coming out for full service uh restaurant experiences do you do you have a sense of normal or does this just feel like well we are now thrust into the future nothing feels normal yet to me um it's it, it's you know we're busy. It's great. We're, you know, we're actually usually this time of year, we feel a little dip because uh, it's kind of the doldrums of summer. People are traveling and, and we're not seeing that right now. Um, we're busy. Um, I think we'll be, a, there's going to be a new normal. Uh, and, and uh, you know, I think we'll see more takeout, more, more delivery. I think because just people have been trained to do that now. Once people get back to school and get back to their routines, uh, you know, we hope to still be part of people's lives on their dinner table at home. Um, and uh, we think that'll be something that'll be more significant than what we've done in the past. Um, you know, it's really hard to say. Um, it's just everybody's patterns have been altered. And I think a lot of them have been altered permanently. So we're going to the next year is going to be a new normal. Do you feel like you want to commit to that off-premises piece of this even more so? I mean, now that you've learned how much more people are in interacting with your off-premises service, and I'm sure you guys got, probably got pretty good at it. D does it feel like a, a big opportunity for the future? It is. Um, you know, we we completely altered how we did take out uh, through the pandemic. So one of the things with our tacos, our tacos don't carry well. Um, you know, if you bring them home, they're floppy and they fall apart by the time you get them home drove me crazy. Um, so one of the things we came up with were the packs. So we have four packs and eight packs of tacos that come deconstructed. Um, and I remember laying it out for my family during the pandemic and watching them put them together and how much fun they were having. And it brought me back to when I was a kid, you know, Ortega taco night, you know, when mom would toast the taco shells and put out the meat. And, and But this was like elevated. This was bar taco, taco night, you know? And I realized we really had something here. This was something that families would get into. And uh, that has taken off for us. Um, and, and you get a much higher quality product when you put them together at home versus bring them 
home assembled. Uh, and it's fun. You know, we've got fun little implements to put them together and the whole layout. And, um, and we think that uh, that's going to be big for us. We think taco night is going to be a family thing uh, once school gets back. And, uh, and we're going to do well with that. All right. Thinking about the future some more, let's talk about Bar Taco expansion. Now, I know you guys had um, some real momentum uh, with El Catterton coming in, acquiring the brand. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure you guys had a, 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 a plan for where Bar Taco was going in the coming years. How much has that plan changed? And can you tell me a little bit about what your expansion efforts look now in the coming years? Yeah, you know, I don't think much has changed. It's it's always been about just finding good opportunities for the brand. There's not, we need to open X amount of restaurants per year. And it's more about good opportunities. Through the pandemic, we actually found some good opportunities. We didn't stop looking at real estate. We didn't stop looking. And there was a little pause in time where there was more opportunity than normal. Uh, so we were able to get a few deals done then. Um, and we're excited about that. And, uh, you know, as long as we can just continue to open great neighborhood bar tacos um, in the sort of in the towns that we believe will support it, uh, you know, we'll keep growing, uh, whether it's three restaurants or five restaurants a year. It's hard to say. Um, it's very much uh, organic the way we're thinking about it. Has the idea of what you can do with the real estate changed at all? Or do you want to shift how much on and off premises you're doing and whether or not that makes you allows you to look at smaller footprints? Is that a part of this change? Yeah, I mean, we, we look at that. Um, another thing that we think about a lot right now is we've seen sort of a shift in demographic through the pandemic and, and the now we're seeing much younger customers. Uh, our, the average age of our customers is 31 years old, which I wouldn't know that if I didn't have all this data now, but uh, it's very useful. Um, and, and they've gotten younger. Our customers are younger than they were. I think part of that is is this digital ordering process and things really resonates with them. Um, so, you know, we are looking for in great towns where there's a lot of sort of um, apartment living and condos and, and where you have, um, you know, people in their 20s and 30s. We know that that's an important part of our business. We also want to be close to where families are. Um, so, so, you know, we've learned a lot more about sort of what our target demos are, where we should go, where, where the customers will most appreciate us being. Is it true then? I mean, are, it seems like you you would really center on some of these lifestyle centers, right? I mean, I'm again thinking about mine here in my town. It is in this. It's next to a mall, movie theater. It's very an ex experiential weekend kind of place. I mean, that's your bread and butter, right? Well, you know, we have a few of those for sure. Uh, I don't have a single deal signed that's one of those right now going forward. It doesn't mean I'm not going to, um, but I think we're shifting a little bit. I think we're trying to get onto sort of. Uh, busy streets where there's a lot of fun restaurants and bars or go to, uh, you know, some, some cool neighborhoods. Um, so, so I'm not saying that we're not doing we're not going to do lifestyle centers anymore, but, but, but it's not my main focus. Okay. I'm curious, kind of walking back to the culture piece of this, I'm curious what you feel like you have learned about yourself as a leader. I mean, it, it, so much of the last year and a half has been, uh, for for CEOs and leaders of brands, you know, there's really a matter of trying to maintain trust in, in the organization and trying to main, maintain maintain calm. And I'm sure you've grown a lot personally as a leader. Can you tell me how you feel like you have changed? Yeah, you know, I, I really had to think about what my values were through this. I had to really 
see, you know, why, why, why did I come back to Bartaco? Why was I here? Why did I want to come back and run Bartaco? Uh, what were the reasons? Um, and for me, it, it came down to really sort of three reasons, uh, or, or really two main reasons why I came back. One is I was passionate about the brand and I really wanted to make sure it was back on track. Um, and I felt like maybe during the DFRG days, there had been a little bit of pressure from a bigger restaurant group to change its culture in ways that weren't necessarily the directions that it should be going. Um, and being a founder of the of Bartaco, that was, it just hurt me inside. Um, and then the other thing was um, my people were still there. You know, one of the, we had built one of the greatest teams in my career. Uh, I remember leaving, you know, when Del Frisco's bought and just saying goodbye to these people and saying, you guys look around because this is one of the best teams you'll ever work with. You know, you know, when it's one of those moments um, and knowing that they were still there, um, I really wanted to try and get back and 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 give them more opportunity um, and, and and get get it back to where what Bartaco could be, because, you know, we had spent a lot of time dreaming together, building this brand. Um, so, <clears throat> you know, it was a great opportunity to come back and, and, and really do that. Um, and through COVID, it was a great opportunity to really prove to my team that I meant what I was saying. You know, we didn't cut, we didn't, we didn't furlough anybody. We didn't cut anybody's salaries. Uh, we paid everybody, even the restaurants that we closed, we paid them. Um, and that was just a, um, a way to really say, Hey, I'm here with you guys. We're in the trenches together. We're gonna make this happen. Um, and, and I think since then, you know, that we've been so cohesive and, and everyone is so loyal to, to this, to this mission. Uh, that's really driven us through this and uh, and allowed us to change things in a way that um, that I don't think many other teams could do. I mean, we we completely changed our service model. Uh, we totally transformed takeout and delivery. Um, and we we. You know, we just I feel like we changed the world. We really did together, all of us. Um, and, and I'm just really proud to be part of this team, honestly. It's so interesting because it feels like the, the term I've used a lot recently is is forced innovation. It, you know, restaurant companies were forced into innovating in the last year and a half because if not, the, the doors were going to close. The, everybody was in was thrown into this pressure cooker and we found out how all the restaurants would respond to it. And um, you're starting to see some real creativity and innovation coming out of restaurant companies that I don't think they would have discovered without this pandemic and so it's it's sort of a, a curious situation because you don't wish to ever go through this ever again but it has really fortified and strengthened i think some restaurant companies so scott last question for you how optimistic are you about the future what, what what's making you so excited about the bar taco business right now yeah you know i mean i'm super optimistic about bar taco i think i think our brand really resonates with people um it's an escape it's an affordable you know night out but but it's fun it's easy uh the vibe is relaxed and comfortable uh our team is always smiling and engaging and and, and uh and i think that's what people need you know i think that's what i think uh that's what people need now uh it's what people needed during the pandemic i remember when we were um when we were doing the videos of how do you bar taco at your house on instagram and and we had the we had the spotify playlist with our music and people were literally throwing bar taco parties at their home. We were, we were a breath of fresh air to people uh, during COVID. So I, I just feel like bar taco 
is this brand that really resonates on a deeper level with people. Um, but it, it's a lot of work to get there. And, I, and our team is, is fantastic at pulling it off. Um, so it's exciting to see how much more we can do that. How much more can we grow this uh, and do it well uh, and be a place where our team's proud to work. Our customers are proud to eat um, and, and just we're all having fun together. And, and so far, you know, it, it just keeps getting more exciting every day. Very exciting. Well, Scott, good luck to you guys at Bar Taco. I hope everything goes well. Continue in the recovery that everything goes great for the business. So thanks so much for taking some time to chat. Thank you, Sam. Really appreciate the opportunity. That was my interview with Scott Lawton, the co-founder and CEO of Bar Taco. So what should you learn from this interview? Here are my four takeaways. First is probably the most obvious here, and that is that the digital revolution is poised to totally shake up the full-service restaurant industry. That's, of course, true as it relates to off-premises service, as full-service brands really jumped on board pretty fast with third-party delivery platforms and online ordering in the beginning of the pandemic if they hadn't already. But Scott shared several other examples in this conversation about how Bar Taco is leveraging digital tools, including for table-side service, labor redeployment, store throughput, site selection, and so much more, We've known for a long time now that the that digital was the wave of the future, right? But the pandemic has put into sharp relief just how much it will change everything about running a restaurant. And this conversation with Scott revealed that that is especially true of FSRs like Bar Taco. That leads into my second takeaway, which is that restaurants have only scratched the surface with data. Yes, we have been talking about data for several years now, but this massive shift to digital business in the past year has really opened, I think, infinite doors as it relates to how much data you can collect, how many customers you're collecting it from, and what exactly you can do with that data. Full service brands in particular were kind of behind the curve, I think, as it related to data because they were not up to speed as much on digital platforms pre-pandemic, not as much as QSRs and fast casuals. But now FSRs like Bar Taco can take more ownership of their data and they can gain incredible insights into who their customers are and what they're buying. I was really fascinated by how Bar Taco's expansion strategy is being informed by this data. They're using their demographic and psychographic data to really laser in on the best markets and real estate for the brand's growth efforts. My third takeaway, though, is that digital tools like the smartphone cannot replace your workforce entirely. This might seem obvious, but it's it's it feels like we're getting quickly into this incredibly digital world, and it's really tempting to imagine a future where restaurants are fully automated, operations are completely streamlined, and all of that friction is removed between the customer and their food. But table service restaurants in particular are about far more than the convenience and the food quality. They are about a great experience, a fun atmosphere, and hospitable personable interactions. This is something that Bar Taco has built its brand around, and despite the success with these new digital tools that they've rolled out, Scott says the brand is still investing in service leaders who walk the floor and ensure a high-quality experience in which customers are not just abandoned at their table with their devices. The human element here is critical. My fourth and final takeaway is this. 
solving the labor crisis requires a deeper commitment to better employees. Scott talked about how Bar Taco went from 25 to 30 hourly employees walking the floor to seven or eight salaried employees who are really driving that high quality experience that we talked about. While salaries and benefits may seem out of reach for restaurants, the ROI here is clear. You're getting much better access to much better workers, and in the long run, you're building a culture that can help you recruit and retain that talent. Plus, you're also improving the efficiencies of your team by getting more out of less. It's something to really think about as the industry navigates this labor crisis that we have found ourselves in. Those are all of my takeaways for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please remember to subscribe to Takeaway wherever you listen to podcasts, and please do leave your feedback. You can also email me at sam.okis at informa.com. Thanks again, and talk to you next week.